I would rather do it and put it out like that and start becoming the person who does that kind of thing than not do it at all. Welcome to The Resistance, a podcast that features honest discussion with meaningful artists about the opposing forces we all face when moving toward our better selves. I'm your host, Matt Connor. There are days where the places we find resistance are the moments we're suiting up for war. As we get ready to take on some personal or professional challenge, we'll find the resistance rising to meet us like some opposite and equal force pushing against our efforts. Then there are other days, dark days, that require considerable effort to even lift our head off the pillow. On those days, we feel the resistance to even get up at all, and the air feels thick with the pressures that seem to encumber our every movement. On those days, it's common to feel frozen and to turn passive and to even become observers of life. Dave Monks has been feeling more of the latter lately. Dave is best known as the frontman and bassist for Tokyo Police Club, an indie rock band out of Ontario, but he also released his first solo EP just a few years ago. Other members of Tokyo Police Club have gone on to release side projects of their own as well, yet somehow Dave says he's still worried about taking musical steps away from the band. These songs have to get out, he says, and yet he's not sure if he has permission to even make them. How many of us have often felt frozen in the same way? You want to make a move, you want to chase an idea, You want to improve yourself, but you're not sure if there's room for it. In those times, we allow the perceived needs of others to keep us from doing what we want. We feel the music that, quote, needs to be let out, yet we're worried what happens if it actually does. We've all felt this force of resistance at work in our families, in our workplaces, and the other intimate spaces we inhabit. My hope is that today's conversation with Dave can provide some language for moving beyond those worries and some handles to grab hold of for the journey ahead. Hey, Dave, I want to start out uh, our conversation the way we've actually started every conversation here in season one. Um, And that's by reading a couple sentences from Stephen Pressfield. Pressfield's book, The War of Art, by the way, serves as our source material um, in which he describes the resistance, the title subject. Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two stands resistance. Dave, we've started every episode the same way, just wondering, as I read that quote, I would love to know your own response to it or your own relationship right now with resistance. Um, I just feel like I'm moving through it. Like I feel like I'm in a sort of a year where I'm taking a lot of actions to find out, to get to the other side of that. When you say moving through it, is there, is there a particular form it's taken for you? I think one thing for me is, uh, I mean, I think it all, it, you know, it feels like it's like fear and confidence, but I think for me, one thing is like relationships around me. I feel like relationships around me can hold me back because I'm really focused on keeping harmony with all the people in my life. And like, I'm a total people pleaser and I don't like any 
you know, conflict. I hate ruffling feathers. So I kind of, uh, I tend to build this whole, uh, vision of myself or like limit my actions to what, um, won't sort of, yeah, cause a fuss. And then learning more that like either, you know, certain actions or, or certain music or whatever, isn't going to bother anyone or that certain people, if they are bothered by it, actually don't really matter. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not as dramatic maybe as it sounds, but it feels dramatic within me. I, I feel like when, when you say that, I could think of maybe some personal applications, but I'm curious what, what, how that plays out in like creative applications. Cause you even mentioned music. Yeah. Like, like what does that mean for the music that you make? Um, like recently and at other times in uh, my career, um, I've been recording in LA and there's something about being in California that's so far from all my, like it's just far from my family. It's far from friends. It's far from, you know, exes and romances. And um, sometimes I'm there on my own without my band. And um, I find that I find myself traveling there because I get this freedom from all these relationships and like, um, yeah, like I wouldn't want to, I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, does that, does that mean, in other words, in the music that you've made in the past, um, if you're craving that freedom or you find LA feeling like it's giving you that sense of freedom, that, that makes me into it. The fact that maybe you've made music close to home in the past and felt restricted like by the presence of people, you know, or, or like known structures of some kind. Yeah. It's like, I'm, uh, um, I guess there's like certain things like I might say in a song that I don't know. I worry that someone be it, you know, family or band or, or friend or something. I, I just, See, even like I'm tensing up about it. Like I don't even, I'm, I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to like talk about these people on a podcast. <laughs> because, and like, they wouldn't even know. It's not even like there's anybody villain, out, like any villains out there. But um, yeah, I think it, what it winds up in effect is like, I want to get away from people, but then I have to learn how to make like some kind of healthy isolation where it's not just like, um, you know, running, or not seeing anyone. Um, yeah. And then you meet people, other artists and other people who are sort of struggling to be themselves and you wind up figuring out which friends really are totally 100% like accepting. And I don't know, man, this sounds so vague. Sorry, <laughs> but it is a thing for me that like, I need to be okay with, with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, do you feel, do you feel like there are things that you even now want to say, or maybe even feel responsible to say that you're hesitant to say? And when I say that, I don't mean in the podcast here, I mean musically. Yeah. Well, I think like there's always been something like, um, you know, like balanced and kind of, maybe humble or like, I don't know. There's never, th th my band is, is so unegotistical and it's so balanced. And I feel like 
for the listener as well, like the songs, like I never want to bore the listener. Like I feel like the music isn't really like dinner party music. It's music that you can put on and it's trying to engage you the whole time. Um, I mean, just like, you know, 90% of music, but, uh, so, but anyways, I feel like there's like some like flamboyant star kind of stuff I can't do in my band. And there's also, uh, you know, I think I'm a good guitar player as well. And I, I play bass in my band. And I also like, I, uh, so I always crave to like, just like shred Zeppelin style. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't get to do that. And so I, so I, uh, I actually started a new band in Toronto with some friends this summer and I, I play guitar in it. And like, I just, yesterday I bought this like silk red shirt that I'm going to wear on stage. And like, it's just like baby steps, but it's crazy how rebellious buying that shirt or like playing these shows feels. It's just, I don't know. I always just feel like I'm Dave. Like, you know, I'm just, everybody knows me, but I just like, I have other things to say. What I'm saying is that like, yeah, in my music, I have other things to say. And I think, um, you know, then I also go in like this, like I put out a solo record and I'm working on more solo stuff and I really see that as part of my future. And like, that's part of the person who I want to be at the end of my metaphorical day and somebody that I have trouble being, you know, in the moment. But like, I, there's like a, you know, this other stuff, like this, like a more of like a, um, a personal, a really like a personal and a specific story I want to tell. And that, uh, it's difficult with the band because I, I always want the band to be able to relate to all the lyrics. But if I'm like exploring some like spiritual or I don't know, like odd, you know, sexual feeling in a song, like I don't want to make everyone play that. <laughs> okay. That sounds polite, which is always equated with positive. Like, okay, of course, you know, think of others, of course, consider, you know, their own, musical interest here and, and yeah. maybe ahead of, of your own whatever. But, but you just mentioned earlier that the, the band is this egoless band that there's this, yeah. I mean, like how much of this is your own assumptions about conversations you haven't had with the band and how much of this is conversations you've actually had where they said, dude, please don't explore that spiritual idea. Right. Like part of me is like, I have this guilt about going off and doing other things, but you know, I think if you really, if it really came down to brass tacks, like they'd be like, uh, yeah, go do that and get it out of the way and create more room for us to do something else. And I think, I don't know. I think that's kind of what's happening. Um, now it's weird. I'm just like in the, I'm actually just like, so in this moment, you know, I'm, I'm working on a solo record. I just started and it almost started accidentally. Like, I'm just like, whoops. I'm working on a solo record, but I have all these songs and uh, I play everything on them. And that was one way of me feeling like I'm not replacing the band. I'm not, this isn't, you know, in contrast, this isn't like in contrast to the band or conflict. It's like more of a companion piece. It's like, mm. oh, if you like the band, now you get to see like the inner guts of the singer. Like that's, it's very like minimal and intimate feeling. But then, uh, then I did a rocker. And then on my own, and I felt so guilty about it. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, damn it. You know, I was like, oh, fuck, Greg would crush this beat. But here I am doing it. And I don't know. I just, I'm trying to just be like, you know what? 
if I act like I know my path so well, I'm only limiting myself. So maybe this is fine. And maybe the band is destined to go on and make some, you know, fucked up techno record next. And me getting these songs out of the way is a blessing. Like, because I want to stick, like, because the song's got to come out. That's another thing for me is like, the song has to come out. I don't, I would be heartbroken if, if I didn't get to say what was in some of these songs. So it's almost like, it's like, yeah, I could save it for the band, but I got to make sure it comes out. So I got to work on it. And, oh, is that going to make my solo record really disjointed and weird feeling? Like, yeah, probably. But I don't know. They just got to come out. So, um, so yeah, so that's, so like, look how weird my resistance is. I also try and keep everything organized in my mind. I'm also like, I like the feeling of knowing where I'm going. And then you just got to keep remembering that you're totally lost. Mm. And then another thing I come back to a lot, which is actually from the artist way as well. Um, listeners, I secretly told Matt I was into that book. Um, but uh, <laughs> another thing I come back to a lot is like anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Wait, can you define that? Yeah. Like, you know, here I am I'm making this, I think I'm making a solo record. I think I have this like other rock and roll band. It's like, maybe this isn't that well planned out or I don't really know what I want out of this. And maybe I'm kind of just stumbling through the dark on this. And maybe I fucked up the drums on that one song, but honestly I would rather do it and put it out like that and start becoming the person who does that kind of thing than not do it at all. Dave, I find this very fascinating because you know, there is clearly this confidence and commitment in you to see through the creative process. But you're also very cautious. I mean, even in our conversation, you've couched so much, like when you were describing the freedom of buying that red silk shirt. Right? Yeah, it drives me nuts sometimes. You you even, you even give the disclaimer. I know it's not a big deal, but a, a, as if you have to explain that to us so that we don't think anything more than what you want us to think like about it. So, that's, yeah. that's quite a combination to have that level of confidence in the work or in pursuing something that could be bad and putting it out there. Like that's a brave thing. Right. And at the same time, it's still couched in this, well, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> I don't want to be like, <laughs> there's, I, I feel like every year there's another fucking horror story about somebody who's, you just like, man, I want to be, a happy functioning mm. artist. Like I don't, and I, I want to be able to live. I don't want to have to go be like, you know, live in the desert or something. <laughs> uh, you know, do you think your own response to this is largely due to the, the industry seeing the machine and going, I see what this could do to people. You know, there's the typical rock and roll front yeah. man. There's movies made about it or caricatures of it. Uh, I'm never going to be that guy. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm fine. One thing I'm fine with is working. Like I don't mind the touring. I don't mind that stuff. The thing that I hate is how untrue people are willing to be in order to create something that they think might be more successful commercially. Like people are willing to bend relationships and sort of, speak with uh their own interests at heart about your music on the pretense that they know what's right like as if there's a right like as if there's a way that this song or this thing 
can become something more and that that more is important because of X, Y, or Z. Like it just fucks with the music. And I feel like we started so young that I had no way to filter out what was good input and what was sort of said with good intentions, but was ultimately damaging my ability to pursue what seemed interesting to me. It's taken me a long time to figure out, oh, that's the stuff I need to set aside. And like, yes, people are always going to say this or that. And it really, you know, even though it might feel confusing or hurtful, like it doesn't affect my path. Um, Dave, take me back to the first solo release. Um, how nervous was, was that of a release for you? Like zero. Like it was the most... Um, like not nervous at all. I was, I had just, um, I think we'd put out force field. Yeah. We'd done force field and force field was a a really difficult album to live through the process of like just the the feeling of being in our band during force field was, was pretty difficult. And uh, can you put something tangible on that? Like, what does that mean? We looked to others to steer the ship. And they gave us expectations and then they bailed on it. It was like, someone was like, yeah, 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 go over here. And then, you know, the day the record comes out, like somebody quits and it gets shelved and like an A&R guy quit or whatever. It just, it, the whole thing, it was like DOA at the label. And sure. also I think musically it has some of our best stuff and musically it has some of our most misguided stuff. Hmm. And so, yeah, it was just really difficult to like see that. So then I moved to New York um, and I think I partially moved to New York because I just, I just felt like I needed to be someone who would live in New York and might be that kind of person. I don't know. Um, but I w- went to New York and I was in love and I, um, I just, you know, I'm always writing on acoustic and I just, I always write and I just was like, yeah, I'm just going to do this fucking love album. And uh, it was so happy and it was so uh, freeing and, I think it was one of those times where I felt like I had very few relationships that were impinging on me because sort of the band needed some distance and I was in a new place and I just went for it. Um, Yeah, it was cool. It was total exploration. And I feel like I started working out my way of arranging things and saying things when I didn't have Graham and Josh and Greg around. Hmm. Were you nervous to tell the guys at first? Like, Hey, I need some time to do this. I was nervous, but then I started to realize that uh-huh. They, like they didn't want to play on those songs at, like anyways. And, and they all liked it and they came to, they came to shows and they're so supportive. I mean, they're amazing people. Um, it just felt healthy. It felt like something I needed to do. And then, yeah. In, in what way does that, um, like I would think that would be good for the band, but I read a recent interview from you where you were talking about how the band had kind of started. The quote you said is that, it began to feel like a creative dead end. Well, yeah, I think that's, so we'd done force field. Then I did the solo thing, which was all like creative juice, Mm -hmm. but I was still really like blocked. Like I was, I did that. And then the next couple of years were just like, you know, New York started to change for me. My relationship started to change. I was working on like doing like commercial work and stuff, just trying to like get a buck. And, uh, the band did those EPs, uh, melancholy. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was a real sense of like, we didn't know what the future was and there was very little trust 
I, I think I, I think I don't think we really all trusted each other, and I think it became a really disjointed thing. I mean, I, I, I know that Graham definitely said he doesn't even feel like he's on some of that stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, I think our manager came up with the title. It was like the ultimate like, like I just feel like we we kind of fell asleep at the wheel. But I really like some of the stuff on those records, and actually, um, I just don't think it represents the band doing what the band does best necessarily we did co there was like co-writes on it and stuff yeah it was it, that was a hard time and sort of that despair is what i think tpc was born out of like that was the low point take me to those moments because i think i think we can learn from these things and and um, i i am at least curious you've described a couple points where and eh, that's not really us or it didn't feel like the band or yeah, I mean, there was good, but there's some bad. When you're in the middle of those creative seasons, you pointed to co-writes as maybe one of the things that was negative about it in some way. The whole thing was like looking to other people yeah. to validate and like, okay, if I do this, like maybe that'll work. And like this great, this, I don't like the title of those records. It's, and it, it came up at this, I think it was like our manager came up with it and the idea was like, we need something zappy. Like you guys have been around for so long. Like let's get people talking and, wow. and let's do something weird. And I was kind of like, I don't like this, but I also don't feel like it's healthy to pull like a veto card on this, like a grumpy lead singer thing. Like, and everyone seemed kind of into it, but sort of almost like in a, in a, like a tuned out, like self-sabotaging kind of way. <laughs> um, and, uh, letting that title happen was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. The smashed watermelon. Like I think I was pissed and uh, yeah. And I think in the songs it was really difficult for me to say anything. Cause I had, I didn't, I think I was starting to become unhappy in my relationship and in New York, but I didn't know how to like deal with that for my reality. That was going to mean a big deal i didn't even know i was dealing with that kind of feeling i guess and so it was really hard to say anything meaningful in the songs and i think that's when you get the most blocked is when you're not facing what's true around you yeah, the like giving away control like that over the creative you know if you're feeling resistance you're just scrambling for any answer to the resistance but you're describing it as like we were making every bad decision really I think the resistance there, um, I mean, some of that stuff, it's almost like a product of the resistance, but like, it's like, uh, you know, we just wanted to be, we still had this dream of like, yeah, we gotta be like, we gotta like make it somehow. And like, we gotta be bigger or something. And we have to like, it just, it was all coming from a place of like, the system is broken. We need to scramble to fix it. So it wasn't coming from a place of like self-confidence. Do you, do you feel like you're on the other side of, of that? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I feel like I'm, um, I mean, it's a long road and like, I'm, I see the path, but like, I'm definitely, I've taken the turn. I'm like, Oh, I got off the exit. Okay. I needed to get off at, and now I'm on this other road. Um, so yeah, we did those in 2016 and then 2017 things really started to change and start to feel better. What was the turning point? Can you identify a conversation with the band, a moment with the band? Well, I had like a family event kind of that I think sort of woke me up to fragility in life. And then 
the band told me they weren't going to want to make another Tokyo record um, at the end of 2016. And uh, yeah. And, and I think just like all, all this stuff, I just kind of was, and when they told me that I was like, Oh man, no, like that's, I can't deal with that. And then I started to, yeah, that's, and that's when I really got into like, that's when I started doing the artist way thing. And, um, I got into the, like really into like morning pages and that kind of thing. And just was like, I'm going to write my, write my way out of this. <laughs> For the sake of listeners, let's, let's dive in there real fast. Um, by the way, the art, the artist way is a book by Julia Cameron. It's been around for uh, probably like since, is it from the eighties? Is that right? Yeah. Like early eighties. And, um, it's kind of a, like a motivational slash even like workbook to kind of help artists work through. Um, can you describe like coming across that and, 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 and the process for you? Yeah. Well, the, the thing about the artist way is that it's like, it's a spiritual guide to creative recovery. And, that's like a huge barf for a lot of people. And I think, um, so my, my mom gave it to me like when I was in my early twenties and I was like, started reading it and I was like, hell no, like I definitely not down for this. <laughs> um, and I approached, I reapproached it again. Well, actually, you know what I had remembered. So, so anyways, yeah. So it's like a 12 week course. You do a thing every week and it's amazing. It's just like, it's just like a step-by-step, like face your demons and get the shit done. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's just got anything. Like, I don't even think it has to be that artistic. I just think it's like, it's just good. Um, and then, yeah. And then there's like some God stuff in there that you can take and rephrase or reframe however you want. But I think part of it also is that like, um, it requires that you're super open, um, to whatever might come up during it. But anyways, yeah. So you do the thing and then you journal every morning too. Um, and that was super helpful. And I think, so yeah, I had this like sort of band crisis. I had, um, just some relationships around the band in, in terms of the industry stuff had started to sour or not sour, just kind of phase out. And I was just wondering what I was going to do next. And I just, uh, you know, I think the book was just like a prompt um, or like sort of like a, a, a rope or a tether to help me like start, uh, I don't know, just digging in there and figuring out what I had to say that I wasn't saying. And I started writing a lot of songs. I wrote uh, a huge amount of songs and I stopped demoing songs. I just would do voice memos and all of TPC, I just sent the band voice memos. And that way I was able to work through so much material and we tried out so many songs and I didn't, uh, I did a little bit of co-writing, I guess with just like friends and stuff, but I pretty much stopped, stopped doing co-writing. I just stopped looking other places for answers. And I, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I think I'll be putting out songs from 2017 for years to come <laughs> because I wrote so many. <laughs> no, take me to, you said the band tells you, we're not making another Tokyo police club album. Well, they were right. It wasn't fun. They were like, it's not fun. We're not part of it anymore. They're not, we're not part of it. It doesn't feel like we're part of it. You know, they're like, we just did the 10 year anniversary tour of a lessening crime. And you know, it seems good, man. Like the story's complete. And, uh, I kind of got that, but I also just knew I was miserable and like, I w- couldn't handle the band being over. Cause I didn't, I just didn't feel like a win. It just felt like a fucking, 
letdown in the end. So, uh, so I just told them like, let's not be in this band. Let's be in a band that we would want to be. What would that look like? And were they so open we just, to that at first? Yeah, I was like, we don't have to be in this band where we're all drinking Kool Aid about you know, yeah, we're going to make it. And like, it wasn't about devotion to the band. What didn't require any devotion. It just required commitment to certain timeframes and certain goals. You know, it was like a couple weeks of rehearsal or a couple weeks of writing. I mean, six weeks in the studio. I think I just said that. I just said like, okay, well quit the band, whatever, but just give me eight weeks and we'll start working on this record. So if you can give me that, let's just see what happens after that. And then I think through that process, we were able to, sort of changed the goal from wanting to live into and validate these high school dreams that we had of being some kind of like rock heroes to just the goal changed from being successful to, to just finishing, to just making the, the music that we wanted, that we felt like we could make. And so the goal got accomplished the day the record came out, not wow. the day that we, you know, headlined whatever venue you feel like validates you. I don't know. So maybe moving through that resistance really came back to you. Let's just let the work be the work, no matter how the work is turning out. Well, we wanted it to, I mean, we wanted to follow the work in such a way that it turned out something true. Like it wasn't just spaghetti on the wall. Like the work was, was being followed, but uh, it wasn't about how it was received. That's a pretty concrete, like real world way of being like, we are the, we are the ones who would judge this as success, not the ones, not the people, you know, around us and stuff. It, it makes me curious how things feel on the other side of that lesson learned, like, like right now for the you and the band. Well, you know, on the other side of it, I think, you know, we just recorded a new single and we are super engaged with self-managing and we're also making more money because we're self-managing, which is something to be embraced and not like weirdly shied away from which we all used to do so yeah things feel good and more clear but at the same time i know that in the next few months we're gonna have to be like okay so now what is it what's our next internal goal because if we just sit around for too long it's gonna turn into like oh i just i think there should be more streams on the thing and oh like we didn't sell enough tickets at the blah 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 so you know you got to keep coming back to it but there's there's a way more way more honesty and and yeah it's way better so even when you learn such lessons it's not about like arriving at a lesson but continuing to fight to totally. stay centered on that lesson yeah like even here i am like I, i'm in, in these other things i'm doing as well i'm just like man i just gotta do it for the process of doing it and not worry so much about it's like that person at the end of the day thing um that guy's talking about is like it's like, yeah, you want to move towards that person, but still it's the moving towards that's important, not actually like, okay, geez, like when am I going to be that person? Dave, we'd love to hear you mention the new single. You mentioned maybe even this new band, new solo material. Um, like what Like what exactly does 2019 look like for you and those around you? I think I need a manager, if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I need like a friend who's really organized. Because I don't even know what a manager does. Who the fuck needs a manager? <laughs> um, so 2019 is getting really busy. and uh, But it is great because it's the year... Um, I think it's actually... I'm on an off cycle. I think my year goes from like June to June. Uh, anyways, yeah. But uh, 2019 is like... I th I, I'm going to put out 
solo music. I'm gonna do something with this other band. And like, I mean, we might just like, you know, play Wednesdays at a local bar forever, but that would be amazing. Um, Tokyo. Um, we haven't really checked in yet, so I don't really know exactly what's next for Tokyo. I mean, everyone feels creative and we feel like there's still a lot of gas in TPC. What, yeah. I just want to, um, keep acting. I feel like I, I feel like in the last year I really like, uh, figured out a lot of stuff I wanted to do and wanted enjoyed being and that kind of thing. And I just want to keep bringing that stuff to life because it, uh, cause it goes and it, go, it takes small, small steps. It's not, it's, it's all baby steps. That's the other thing, man. Anyone listening? It's all baby steps. It's like micro steps. It's like buying some paper and it's tuning your guitar and it's opening your book. It's all super micro steps. You've been listening to The Resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And for more information and further episodes, you can find us at listentotheresistance.com. Our theme is composed by Chad Howitt. Engineering, production, and additional music by Jay Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Stay tuned next week for a special bonus episode.